This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome everyone, good evening. Very exciting night for me. Uh, I'm going to talk about the new Sefer on Kibbutz of Aim. But before that, let's not forget about daily giving. So, I asked daily giving, why should people give you and not someone else? So, he gave me five reasons. Easy and expensive way to guarantee that you get the mitzvah of tzedakah every single day. You know every day you're getting a mitzvah. That's that's definitely cool. Um, two, the power of, of being part of Klai Yisrael, giving one dollar loan is pretty insignificant. When you're giving together as a part of a community, then your one dollar can impact millions of people. By the way, last week they gave they gave the ranch, Baruch Hashem, over $3,000. Daily giving takes nothing. It's run by volunteers. I know the volunteers. You can give to be Lili Nishmas, a loved one, Rafu Shalema, or give a donation as a present. For $1, you can now support 42 different organizations. It takes one minute, and you'll be so happy that you're part of this incredible community. Dailygiving.org, one word, dailygiving.org, or call 914-281, so you don't have to have a computer, 914-281-1499, and leave them a message. Baruch Hashem, they're already giving over, believe this or not, this is just an idea, you got $1.1 million dollars. Wow. Now, if we get like 6,000, 8,000 people giving or 10,000 people giving, then I think they'll give each, each tzedakah close to a million dollars. That would be nuts. That would be amazing. I wouldn't have to waste time raising money. I could just sit and learn and do what I do. It would be amazing. Okay. So that is daily giving. And don't forget chickens for Shabbos. My man. My man, Robbie Newman, at 718-793-7459, 718-793-7459. Just go to www.yadeliezer.org, Chicken for Shabbos, Young Israel of KGH Charity Fund. If you go to, if you go to Yad Eliezer, www.yadeliezer.org, you'll see Chickens for Shabbos. It's mainly given to Agunos, Grushos, and Malamdim. Okay, let's help Klyestral. Let's help Klyestral. What a week. Scary week. I'll tell you why. It was a scary week this week. Um, I'm driving from the mountains. And I'm going down 17. And all of a sudden, it starts pouring. And the roads are flooding. Everyone here in Flatbush knows what I'm talking about. And then, hail. And then, the two biggest rainbows I've ever seen. Made a bracha. So you had a rainbow, which means Hashem wanted to destroy the world. He didn't, because he made a promise. And we had flooding. And we had barad. We had hail. And we had lightning and thunder. With mamish kukuruku. On top of that, this week they reported that in Africa and part of the Middle East, there are a billion, a billion, not a million, a billion locusts. Arbe. Eating up all the land. I don't know. We got to do something. We got to do mitzvahs. We got to dive in. We got to do something. Okay. So I am very proud, everybody. I'm going to move my cup. Tonight is a short chair. It's only going to be about half an hour because I have an amazing simcha tonight. A girl that I know very well is getting engaged. I was very involved. And it started at 8.30. I told her I'd be an hour late, but she doesn't want me to be one hour late. So it's only going to be about a half an hour share. We'll make up for it, Mitzvah Here it is, everyone. Can you zoom in on this? Zoom it in. Artsco presents 
honor them, revere them. So I want to tell everyone, first of all, whoever donated a day, so we're, I'm just writing in and signing 380 books, and then we're mailing them out to you. So you don't have to go buy a book, we're going to send you the book. And, Shlomo Dax, Shlomi and David Dax, Shlomi and his son, um, actually wrote a song many, many years ago called Kavides Zavichav Esimecha. And he was nice enough to donate a thousand records, CDs, and in each book that you get, each book that you get that we're going to mail, you have Kavides Zavichav Esimecha, Shlomi and David Dax, composed by Libi Fruchter. It is a most gorgeous, beautiful song. But, if you have the safer. Take it out before Shabbos. Looks maybe I don't know. So it's a very big schuss for me, and I want to thank um, Rav Shimon Finkelman. A book is like having a child, except it's a child that lives forever. And um, I'd like to read you the first day, of course, but I'd like to read you the preface that I wrote. I'm not going to read you the whole thing because you know, I'll lose your. Um, I will lose your. Concentration. The book that you are now holding, that I'm holding, can change your life. Whether you are a parent raising children, a young adult who interacts with his parents on a constant basis, or even an older person whose parents have passed on to the new world, next world, not the new world, the world's America, next world, and who has no children at home with who to interact. There are valuable lessons that you will learn by reading this easy-to-read, carefully researched safer on one of Judaism's most important mitzvahs. This is what I'm writing. In my classes and public addresses, I often focus on Kibbutz of Aim, as it is a subject that is very close to my heart. The best way to teach it is by example, not telling you, you have to do Kibbutz of Aim, and then you don't talk to your mother. That doesn't work. So you have to set an example. And as I was growing up, I was witness to the incredible Kibbutz of Aim of my parents towards my grandparents. Nothing was too difficult for my parents when their own parents were concerned. They honored them, they assisted them, and they seized every opportunity to make their lives better. For example, when my father's mother was a widow, my grandfather passed away, now my grandmother was a widow, and my parents would go to Echistral and to Florida, they always took her along. Not every daughter-in-law would take her mother-in-law on her vacation, but my parents did it again and again. They treated my grandmother royally. It was obvious to them that Kibbutz of Aim was a privilege... More than a mitzvah, a privilege, a labor of love, and yes, a responsibility. When I got married, I saw the same devotion in my in-laws, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, and um, I see it today in my in my my wife and my brother, my sister, my brother-in-laws. But I want to read you about my father. A little short little thing. Oh, beautiful, I said this today. My opening forward, there's a beautiful shot on Paraduma. Paraduma, the red heifer, the red cow. Right? So, the question is, the Paraduma, the story is that the Gemara says there was a non-Jew, a guy, a non-Jew, his name was Dama Ben Nesina. And the 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 Kleistra wanted to buy 
a very precious stone for the Choshen. But Dama would not awaken his father to get the key. To, and I heard something, I'll tell you something amazing. He would not awaken his father to get the key to the box that held the stone. Hashem rewarded Dama that when following year of Paraduma, which they were willing to pay even more money than because they couldn't find one, was born to his flock. Two questions, everybody. One, don't you think his father got very angry when he woke him up and said, I had a deal for a million dollars, and sorry, Dad, I didn't want to wake you up? Are you kidding me? So maybe it wasn't Avera that he didn't wake up his father. Imagine someone who's watching, you're sleeping, and someone comes to the door and says, um, I know your house is only worth a million, but I really want this house. Right now, in the next five minutes, if you're willing to sell it to me, I'll give you five million. And you're like, sorry, my mother and father are sleeping. They're going to kill you. Kill you. You're going to get five million dollars? You didn't get five. What? That's keeping of aim. That's, that's a fool. So there's something that no one knows about the story that I found out when we were writing the book. And that is, it wasn't his father's diamond. It was his. It wasn't his father's diamond. So you should have. It was his key to his safe where his diamond was. And he said, my father, I can't wake up my father. My father didn't lose it. It's not his. So it's not like he lost money. I can't wake up my father. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't his father's diamond. It was his diamond. You can't wake up your father to get to, for money for yourself. That's number one. Number two, the question is, everyone that's out there, and this is your Dvar for Shabbos, your question is, if there was a jewel and his father was sleeping, so the following year, Hashem should have given back another jewel that the Jews would need. Why a paraduma? Why not a, a piece of land? Why not a... I don't know. Why a paraduma? There's a symbolism. Why paraduma? Why, why, why should we give him a paraduma? Give him another jewel. Give him a good business deal and make the million dollars back. Right? Very strong kasha. So beautiful, beautiful parents. And the answer is that to teach us that while the underlining reason for kibbutz of aim is gratitude, right? Hakar satov. This is not the only reason we perform the mitzvah. In fact, the primary reason we honor our parents is for the same reason that we do any mitzvah, because Hashem commanded us. The proof of the paraduma, the, that's a mitzvah, that's a chayk, and no one knows the reason. Therefore, even when gratitude does not seem applicable, we still must honor our parents, and we certainly cannot degrade them. And this is what the Shulchan Aruch says. If your parents, if you're sitting at the table, and they spit in your face, and they rip your clothing, and they slap you in the face, you, you, you should just get up and walk out. You can't do anything. So that's halacha. You can't answer him back, you can't hit them back, whatever it is. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, why do I have to take that? And the answer is, the mitzvah kibbutz is not just for gratitude. Because guess what? Kids will tell you, what kind of gratitude? My parents are dysfunctional, and they're abusive. So I'm not chayvin kibbutz I'm not chayvin kibbutz The answer is, no, he got a paraduma. Paraduma is a chayk. doesn't have a reason. Kibbutz doesn't have a reason. It's not just for gratitude. So even if you have nothing to thank them for, they brought you into the world, and therefore you, you have a mitzvah of kibbutz of aim. Even if you have no gratitude to them, there's no reason to have gratitude to them. Like this. They brought you into the, the, your mother and father brought you into the world, and they were in a car accident on the first day you were born. They never did anything for you. Are you having kibbutz of aim? Can you sit in their chair? Can you say bad things about them? Absolutely not. Well, I don't have a car hotel. They never did anything for me. I wasn't even a lot. You know, I was born one day, and they were gone. The answer is very right. It's not only based on our cross of time. And therefore, Hashem gave him back a paraduma, because paraduma is the example, 
in the Torah, is the example in the Torah of a chayk, of something that has no reason. All right, let's go to the first day, and then we'll talk about the parsha. First day, oh, this is so exciting, so exciting. First day, let's get to the first day. The first day is lesson five, lesson three, lesson two, lesson one. Actually, I'm going to go to lesson two. Different people excel in different areas. Praiseworthy is the one who excels in Kibbutz of Aim. Rav Yitzchak HaKoyim Wallerstein was such a person. In the words of his son, Rav Zechariah Wallerstein, my father treated his mother like a princess, my grandmother. He traveled from Muncie to Manhattan every Friday, every Friday, to wish her good Shabbos in person, not call her, and receive her bracha. When she would travel to Eretz Yisrael, he would buy her a first class ticket, he would drive her to the airport and ask her for a bracha when he took leave of her. She never got on a plane without my father getting benched and, and, and walking her to the plane. Once, my father was in Florida when his mother was going to Eretz Yisrael. He flew into New York from Florida. He was in Florida. But my grandmother was going to Israel. So he took a plane from Florida, went to Kennedy, met her while she was waiting to get on the plane, walked her down to the gate... Got back on the plane, went back to Florida. Yeah. He flew five hours just to say, call your grand, call your mother and say goodbye. No. Bench me and no. And give her a kiss. So that is who my father was. And therefore, it's a great, great honor um, to have written this book. Because I really learned Kivit of Aim as as a tribute to him. Okay. Anyway, you can buy the book. If you gave a day, don't buy, you don't have to buy the book. You're going to get it in the mail for free. And you're going to get also a CD. I think they're going to drop some CDs in the stores where you buy the book. And uh, you should be matzliach and give them to your children, your parents. And I hope to get them into the yeshivas because we don't teach our kids Hilchus Kivot of Aim in yeshiva. Okay. I didn't bring my Chomish. Moshe Sofer, could you do me a favor? If you go into my, into my den, on the right-hand side on top, there should be a blue art scroll Chomish. I want, to, I want to read something from the Chomish. Chukas Balak. Chukas Balak together, and we're going to catch up to Eretz Yisrael, I think. I think, I think. I think, I think. Okay. I'm going to say something. Oh, oh my, that's beautiful. Okay, first I'm going to say this, and then we're going to go to a fascinating Amalayas. I say this every year, but it's very important. Especially for people who have gone through a very hard time in this virus. This is the chayk of the Torah. Rashi. A fascinating Rashi. You have to learn this motion with your kids. This is the chukah of the Torah. Okay, there are many chukim, but this is it. Why is this it? Lefi... Shahasatan Vumasa Ailam, the Gayim and the Satan, Mainim Es Yisrael, 
they bother the Jews, Lamar to say, What is this mitzvah and what is the reason? Therefore, Hashem picked this choik, because this is the one they're going to bother you about. Gzeirahi, Hashem says, it is a gzeirah, milafanai from in front of me, it's an edict from in front of me. I don't give you permission to think about it. What? Hashem, you're making gzeirah? You're not going to let me think about it? I shouldn't think about it? And Moshe. You deal with a lot of people that are not Jewish and not religious. Rashi says that this mitzvah, Mightiness Israel, they ask you, Ma mitzvah, Mighty Seifer, did anyone in your life, did you ever have a non Jew walk up to you and say, Hey man, what's up? What's up with that red heifer? Like, what's up with that paraduma? Sorry, no, in my whole life, no non Jew or even a modern person was sitting here like, well, you know, I got a problem. What's the problem with the Torah? I got one problem with the Torah. What's the problem with the Torah? Paraduma, the red heifer. But what's Rashi saying here? Now, the Satan, that ain't what he asked you. Yeah, that is not what he bothers you about. Movies, television, all the other stuff. But he never came to anyone that's listening in your head and say, hey, what's with the paraduma? Let's go off the derech because of the paraduma. So it's not true what Rashi's saying. The Satan doesn't bother us about Paraduma. And the Gayim don't bother us about Paraduma. And Hashem, what are you, like, what are you worried about? Why are you making Zerah? I can't learn on Mighty Sofa tonight about the Paraduma? We're not allowed to learn about it? What are you talking about? Right now, according to Rashi, Hashem made Zerah. Right now, I am learning every single morning Mishnayis about the Paraduma. The whole Mishnah is about the Paraduma. How old, what cold, whatever. So we do learn about the Paraduma. There's a lot in Shas, a lot in, a lot in Mishnah that talks about the Paraduma. How it looks, how old is it. So if Hashem said, How could you have Mishnah on it? And Gemara on it. So what is Rashi saying here? That's whole Rashi doesn't make any, any sense. It makes a lot of sense. What Rashi is talking about in the Paraduma is the Paraduma has a very interesting halacha. The Paraduma has a halacha that when the Kayan sprinkles the ashes, the Kayan becomes Tameh. And the person he sprinkles the ashes on becomes Tahar. What does that represent, everyone? The good guy, Kayan, he's a good guy, gets punished. Comes Tomei. Kayan doesn't want to become Tomei. Nobody wanted that job. Because once you're Tomei, you can't, you can't work. So nobody wants that job. So Kayan's doing a good deed. He's like, I'll do it. Why should he become Tomei? And not only that, the, how could it be that if I'm sprinkling the water... And I become Tomei, how does he become Tar? I become impure, so, but if I'm, the, if I'm the giver, if I become impure, then he's impure. How can I become impure and he's pure? So what the Goyim and what the Satan is the Chayka Paraduma, the Chayka Paraduma we don't understand is why the good guy gets punished and the bad guy gets rewarded. And what is that? 
where good people suffer and bad people party. And that, the guy say all the time, you know, like, we're the children of God. It's like, really? I'm glad I'm not. You know, six million died in the Holocaust. If I was a child of God, I'd be dead. They don't understand. Like, you do everything what you're supposed to do, and you guys, Spanish Inquisition, and all this other stuff you go through, and all the racism, and anti-Semitic, and we go to shul, we do all the mitzvahs. So, so what Rashi is saying, the chayk, a paraduma, Everything else about Paraduma we understand because it's, it's a carbon. Carbon oil, carbon chattas, carbon ashram, it's not hard to understand. The chayk of Paraduma is the good guy suffers and the bad guy gets rewarded. And that is something Rashi says that the Goyim and the Satan will always bother you. I go to Minyan, I do what I'm supposed to. What? We don't understand. The guy doesn't keep Shabbos, he's making all the money. He's open on Shabbos, his store is busy. I'm not open on Shabbos, his store is not busy. Gezerah milfanai, says Hashem. I'm making a gezerah. You cannot think about the choyk, that part of the mitzvah. You cannot think about why the good kayim becomes tamay and why the guy who's tamay becomes tar. Gezerah milfanai, because if you're going to do that, you're going to go off the derech. If you're going to start... Why do good people suffer and bad people get rid and, and you're gonna you you're out, you're done. Moshabeno asked it, Hashem said, mm. Don't Melech asked it, Hashem said, mm. That's what Rashi is saying. And that's the Xera that's the Xera from Hashem. You just gotta do what you gotta do. Okay, we have five minutes left. So I want to read your mom layers. Not everyone's gonna be happy how I'm gonna end this year. But I gotta say what I gotta say. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. All right. So, at the end of the parasha, Bilam and Balak, bad guys. By the way, you want to know something about Hakar Satov? Balak was a Russia. The worst. All he wanted to do was wipe out the Jews. Why does he have a parasha in the Torah? What's the parasha in the Torah? There's no other Russia that has a passion in the Torah. You have Noah, who's a tzaddik. You have Yisrael, who became a Val Who? He ended up giving brachas. Who? He ended up giving the... Who? Balak ended up Ah, so Balak is a Russia. Why are you naming in the Torah a name after Russia? Pinchas was good. Yisrael was good. Because even though Balak had very bad intentions, and he hired Bilam to curse Klai Yisrael, right? That's what he did. He hired him to curse Klai Yisrael. But in the end... He gave Klai Yisrael brachas. And he said, which we say every single morning. That came from Bilam, who was paid by Bullock. So Hashem said, even though he had bad intentions, but if something good comes out of it, you have to have a karasatov. He gave him a name in the parish. He gave him a name in the Torah. Psh, amazing. Amazing how God goes so far in a karasatov. Okay. What happened at the end of the parasha? So he realized, Bilam, this is not working. I can't get Kleisrael. I can't get Hashem angry. But if I can get Kleisrael to be immoral, in the place of immorality, God doesn't live. In the place of immorality, God does not live. So if I can get them to be immoral, then I could destroy them. Listen, everybody, to what happened. Kleisrael came out of Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, the Midbar, the Mon. 
How are you getting them to be immoral and to bow down to Avodah Zarah? Are you talking about Klai Listen carefully to the story, and I want you to learn something very important. They put up a bunch of tents outside the Jewish camp. And in the back of the tent was a harlot, Zaina, dressed up beautifully. Now they all knew that the Jews are not going to come in if they see a Zaina. They're what are you crazy? I don't mess around with I don't do that. So they had a master plan. And it hasn't changed. An old, not pretty old lady stood at the door. And she had pieces of linen. Kleisol didn't have linen. They finished eating. So they went through the market and they had these old ladies. And the old lady said, do you want to buy Pishtun, linen. So they said, yeah. How much is it? So then the young girl came out, dressed beautifully with diamonds, and she said, Lama to Kafim with Nim. Why don't you come in? Now listen carefully how they trapped them. Aren't we from one father? Right? Terach, Avi Avraham, Lot came from there too. The Lama, Hasina Hazoisha Benena, why do you hate us? Shari, Anu, Oyavim Eschem, we love you. Mukirim Eschem, you're so special. Imkem, Bushalim Cholachem, it would be embarrassing for us to sell you anything. Anu, Nasim Lachem, Hapishtam Bechinam. Come in the back and we'll give it to you for free. I deal a lot with drug addicts. The first drugs they get in their life are from drug dealers for free. They're like, try it. I don't want any money. Oh, come on. I don't want any money. Once he gets them addicted, he's got them, then he has to pay. But in the beginning, free. We don't want money. The designer took out something to eat. If, she, if the man said, I don't want to eat your food, it's not kosher, but I want to eat my own food. They would say, we have goats and lamb, and you could shecht it. Take out your knife and you could shecht it. The way Hashem commanded you. I don't want you to sin. I want you to be like a Ben Bias. And she then brought him wine. At that point, you're allowed to drink, not, 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 you're allowed to drink Goyim's wine. Then he drank the wine. Now already got a little drunk. And she said, I'm yours, whatever you want. And she said, do me a favor, when you shech the chicken, just shech it in front of my avoidazara, Baal Pa'ar. It's not going to hurt you. And this Jew drank more wine, and he would shech the Tanagalist in front of Baal Pa'ar, and they drank more wine, and he did all kinds of averis. And then she said, listen, I know you guys hate avoidazara, you can defecate on him, go to the bathroom on him. He said, really? 
let me defecate on your Avaidah Zara? She said, yeah. What we didn't know was that Baal Pa'ar, the way you serve him, is defecating on him. And we lost 24,000 people. So how did this happen? What you're not going to like what I'm about to say is exactly what happened in Arvaz Moav happens on the internet. The, the internet, when you start, and I spoke about the whole Zooming and this whole thing that we got into, you start, it's for learning, it's for business, it's not for movies, it's not for bad things, it's for good things. It's the old lady saying, come, come, we have stuff for free, we love you, you're part of us, you're part of the internet world, the Jewish people, we'll give this to you to free, that's free, you could, you could uh, what's it called down, you could, what's the word I'm looking for? Huh? Download. And, what, and apps, and apps for free, and everything's for free! Wheel them in, wheel them in. And in the end, they were with the Zionists and they committed, and they committed a Vajazari, guys that were Sadiqan that would have never done it. They called them their friend, and we love the Jews, and it says, as Achi Esav. Yaakov Avinu said, I'm more scared of when he's my brother and he gets along with me than when he's Esav. So, Beware is nothing new. They did it then. Beware of the old lady that's on the outside. That looks kosher v'yosher. Because hiding, the Sultan's not interested in selling you pishtin. He's not interested in you going on the internet and watching sports or learning on a Zoom share. He has much bigger plans for you. This week's parasha, read the Ma'am of This week's parasha, in the end, that's how they got him. They fooled him. Don't be fooled. We lost 24,000 and, 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 and a Nasi and almost the whole Shevet Shimon. Total disaster. Just very innocent, buying linen. So a lot of us that are, that are on the internet started off very innocent, really for good intentions. Now we're watching things that are no good and we're wasting so much time and, and we're addicted. So it's this week's parasha. It's, everyone thinks something's new. So my said, there is nothing new. The Satan used it then. And he's using it now. So be careful. Anyway, you should all have a tzlacha and bracha and only good things. And mit shem shivasabatama should be a yantif. The building of base of midrash. We don't have to wait till tishabav. Everyone should have a tzlacha and a good summer. Thank you. Buy the book. Buy the book. And maybe we'll learn it all together every single time I give a shear. We'll start with day one. So go to your store and buy the safer. Honor them, revere them, art scroll. It's a day, every day for, I think, 170 days, 180 days. Your mama should learn halacha, get a chavusa, and learn every day. You're going to see things in there that you never, ever dreamt of. I'll tell you one thing that's in here. It says in here, it's going to blow you away, Moshe. That if someone has a father that's a guy, right? Your mother married a non-Jew. And he died. You have to say Kaddish for him. Not Jewish father. You have to say Kaddish for him. And the halacha is that if you don't want to say Kaddish, because everyone in Shul knows your father's not Jewish, what are you saying Kaddish for? I'm not going to answer Kaddish, right? Then it says you have to learn Mishnah for him. We'll step further. If 
you're a non-Jew. Your mother's not Jewish, and your father's not Jewish. You're a non-Jew. And you become a ger. So you're not even a relative, la halacha. Are you mechaev and kibbutz of the aim if you're a ger for your non-Jewish parents? Halacha is, you have to say Kaddish for both of them. Why? Why? Because the bottom line is, you were born a non-Jew. But if they wouldn't have been your parents and you wouldn't have been born, you never could have become a Jew and keep the mitzvahs. So as a karas atov, that they gave you the ability to be in this world and become a Jew and keep the mitzvahs, as a karas atov, you have to say Kaddish. It's in the book. All the, all the sources are in the book. There's a lot of stuff like that. Very interesting stuff. Good night. Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.